Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont. And with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing? It's Thursday evening. Oh, it's been a week. It's yeah. been a long week, but we're here, and we got a lot to talk about. Unfortunately, not Doom Patrol, but that will come next week. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I am so looking forward to uh, what spending my Friday binging the first three episodes. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to binge them in, in all in one day. Depends on what happens this weekend, but I'll definitely by Monday have have been caught up in yeah. the third season of uh, um, Doom Patrol. Yeah, I've, I've been rewatching the first season and I realize it's such an amazing show, but mm-hmm. but it is one of those things. I'm glad they're they're spreading it out because it, th- there's a lot that goes on in those episodes. And if it were like a Netflix model of of a release it would be uh it'd be it would be overwhelming sometimes to try to to manage because i know that first season like was like 15 15 episodes so um, wow i didn't even realize that but yeah yeah it's it's interesting how streaming you you kind of lose track almost mm-hmm. um and and I guess I, I guess it's not because of streaming. It's just that any show that's not on the CW, yeah. you lose track of because CW takes the most bizarre breaks. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, they're sure. doing fairly well with Stargirl, um, but yeah. we'll get that to that little bit later. Um, Batman Batwoman dropped a new trailer this week. Okay, what you think of it? Um, I liked it. <clears throat> It it kind of, I mean, it was a good reminder of where things were left off, mm-hmm. and and how they're going to be starting kicking off this next season. Especially, it answers the question of what the heck do you do with Alice if she's in jail? Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say no. I was waiting. I was I was I was agreeing with you that I think it, they they did do that, and and also. Uh, now that they've gotten past the whole Kate, where's Kate Kane thing? Now that the show can really just stand on its own without. I mean, obviously that shadow will be there, but it really seemed that they they've turned the page on, on that story all to, in, in this trailer. It looks like you know, moving into season three. Yeah, they turned the page. They did leave it though with a pretty intense kiss at the end. Mm. Um, that that leaves that door, that page, not completely fully turned for some of these characters. So yeah, true, we'll see true. what happens. Yeah. Um, but looking forward, glad it's coming out next month um, to to uh, fill up our TV content and just to change things up. I think part of the reason why I'm getting a bit bored is because I feel as though we're we're at the points in these seasons with these shows where it's like okay what's what is the end game here yeah and um we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more later yeah. on i forgot the emmys were this weekend <laughs> i did too i really did the thing i was looking forward to this week was the uh, Muhammad ali documentary that was on pbs that was that was sort of my appointment tv this week even though i know we had our you know speaking of shows and where things are at there are at, at that certain point. And I know Supergirl is going to, and I know some of our listeners have asked why we haven't uh, been reviewing Supergirl this this 
season, given that it's his final one. But uh, yeah, I can like you. I, I mean, he's also like, oh yeah, I guess it is this Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I. But it worked out for me because uh, the morning show just mm-hmm. started to kick off its second season on Apple TV, and okay. so I'd already figured out. Okay, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch morning show. Get my subscription, and then also I'm gonna binge this this show called Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. And it, Saturday night, I sat down and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't really know if I can do an hour of drama. I'm a bit exhausted, so half hour comedy. I'll just start. Next yeah. thing I know, I'm like seven episodes into the first season. I'm very curious of where it's going, and. Mm-hmm. Tonight, before we started recording, I just watched the last episode of the second season that it that dropped. Um, really, like, if you couldn't tell by all of that, really enjoy this show. It's very charming. Mm-hmm. I, I do think the first season is better than sex, second season. Um, I, they played too many cards too quickly. Mm. Um, where they could have dragged some stuff out. They developed some really good team conflict because this the show centers around a coach of a soccer team in britain mm-hmm. and um he and it's a fish out of water type of story but um some of the conflicts the inner relationships but be- conflicts between the players they kind of they it was lacking that kind of conflict during the second season but i I get it now that I've seen the finale, what the point of the second season was. Mm. Um, but but yeah, overall, really nice binge. V- very, I understand exactly why it swept the Emmys. <laughs> okay, yeah. I haven't seen it. I don't have Apple TV. So, uh, but every everyone who, who who's watched it, basically, as you as you just summed up, definitely says it was the perfect show for for what for the times that we're in right now uh and and really also just um uh, just really praised just the concept and 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 i guess you know every every thing about it uh it seems that um whenever people watch it they, they like you they get through it and love it and can't wait for more yeah, I I think I think in the to describe this show would be just charming. Mm-hmm. There's a very there's an endearment about these characters and their dynamics. Um probably because most of them have some type of accent. Mm-hmm. Some of them have <laughs> a British accent. Mm-hmm. Um but e- there there's this dysfunction and e- there's all of these flaws. They're very flawed characters. So it it has a lot going for it and like like it's it's worth i would say it's worth doing the free trial of apple tv mm-hmm. just binge okay. because it's only half hour episodes okay yes yeah, so you- and a season so it doesn't take long to get through it either yeah yes that's a good point that's a very good point yeah I'm, we, we may have to do that but but on top of how i wasn't surprised that ted lasso just took home the bacon um I wasn't surprised that Josh O'Connor mm-hmm. won for the crown, nor Gillian Anderson. Um, 
Yeah. And and the crown got a lot of love. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It it got I think it it was like the Shits Creek this year as far as just just racking up all the awards. But didn't Olivia Coleman also win as well? Yep, and then the actor who played um Yeah, Toby uh, yeah. He um which he won because of a very specific scene in the season finale of, mm-hmm. of Yeah. I yeah. like I'm not mad at it, but I'm also just and it and it goes to a lot of the discussion that's um occurred ever since the Emmys aired. I mean, we have all of these nominations for people of color and mm-hmm. nobody won. Yeah. And then we have all of these nominations for WandaVision, the most nominated show this year, zero wins. Yep. Yep. Hammy's Tales, another one. I mean, even though that's that it, it has, you know, probably run its course as far as prestige TV, but you know, again, another another named drama that in the past would have been a winner was also shut out. I mean, I think it was like it had the most losses, I think, of, of any of any show this year. So yeah, and yeah, and you're right. I mean the you know the you know went from Oscar so white to Emmy so white. I know. Uh, I mean, I, mean, I know uh, Courtney B. Vance. Uh, I know we were talking about as we were putting the show notes together earlier this week. He did win a Creative Arts Emmy, but yep. but as far as the prime time, um, you know, he was he did not. Um, Michaela Cole. As far as I haven't seen the show, but everything I've heard about. Um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on on. Um, It'll come to me soon, but her show was another one um, where, you know, not only on the front side of the camera, but on the behind the camera, there were there were a lot of people shut out. And so uh, it just seemed that when you look at the people who did win this year, it was the I mean, Ted Lasso, I haven't watched it, but every but from everything I've heard about it, I, I really can't quibble with that show doing so well. But right. in some of the other categories, it just seemed that the voters just went with the the, the lazy route and just went with what they what they know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I like as much as I adore season four of The Crown. Um, Olivia Coleman definitely doesn't need another award, and no. I didn't. She wasn't the standout. Jillian no. Anderson owned the screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so did the actress who played Diana that season. Yeah. yeah. So I, I agree. Yeah, and and I think I think as much as those episodes were well written and well executed, like it's it's hard because again, I love that season, but a part of me is is like, but there were there was other good there was good television on Lovecraft Country should have got something. Yeah. Like it should have got something in my opinion cuz that I still remember some scenes from those episodes. Um mm-hmm. And and I just <sighs> the whole WandaVision thing. Like yeah. <laughs> come on. I I didn't even why the heck did it get nominated? Like why? Yeah. Because yeah. you wanted MCU lovers to watch your show. Pretty much. Not that you were gonna give it anything, because frankly, it didn't deserve anything in my opinion. Loki. Now if Loki gets nominated next year. <laughs> you better it's not. something because that show is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think I, I, I will say I think Lizzie did earn her earned a nomination. Uh, I think 
in that category, you know, clearly I think she definitely should have gotten stronger consideration for the work that she did this season. You know, but I think it's just it's just endemic of the of the genre uh, that that it just doesn't and and the and the same with the Oscars. It, this the genre really only gets it, these big recognitions few and far between. I mean, you have the you know it's, I you, played the Joker. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's yeah there's Joaquin there's you know but then also think about Heath Ledger but it was his is posthumous and then uh, I mean we had I guess Return of the King I think it did it win Best Picture for Lord of the Rings or was it nominated yeah. Yes yeah it got it all three of them were nominated but they yeah. waited until the very last right. one to get and then you do have Shape of Water and and it's true genre television and movies as good as they are they are not um recognized few and far between which begs the question why the heck is suicide squad a oscar-winning film but that's yeah. a whole nother conversation <laughs> yeah i don't I know just, how it is but you're I, right about the mcu i mean it's like they just nominated like like you know, black panther and all these other you know films and now tv shows awards. black panther yeah. Yeah, but it was all, but it was all in costuming. You know, it was, it's, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't in the big categories. Didn't it win score? Yeah, but as I said, yeah. Well, let's see, I think it was what best costume, if I recall. But it, it may have won a score. It I, may I have won feel score. like it did. Um, but but yeah, the technical ones, like we're not talking. I don't know. Maybe one day that's a bigger conversation about how do you rank these awards? <laughs> <Yeah. a> award. <laughs> um, yeah. the, the other thing I just want to um, mention is um, Mayor of Easttown. I don't think you watched it, Will. I know. I watched, I watched two episodes and then I kind of checked out. Yeah, it's a very slow, slow show. Yeah. Um, I disagree. I have no idea why Evan Peters won. Mm. I um I I kind of get Kate Winslet, but also I feel as though you replace her with any actress, and like I don't think she brought added anything to it. She mm. did a good job, but nothing where I'm just like, damn, she should get an Emmy for this. Yeah. Um, I Do felt think- that way about some of her movie performances where I'm like, where's her Oscar? And then finally she got one for a stupid movie, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it was the physicality and the, and the thing, you know, given that, you know, that Kate, it's Kate Winslet and, you know, and there is a certain ideal role that she has and plays and, and given with Mary of Easttown, you know, she played against type, so to speak. Maybe you think that that helped maybe give, I don't. I, I wouldn't view that as her playing against type. Yeah, that's true. I just there's some that Kate Winslet. She's she's very interesting if you look at her career path, especially the older she's gotten. She she tends to play her age, and yeah. um, and so I did not find that she, this part was completely against type. Mm. Um. Yeah, I just, I, I just didn't. It was, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I never yeah. thought about it through that lens and I would have to think about it. But yeah, for me, it it wasn't a role where I was thinking to myself, oh my God, why did they get her to play that role? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, okay, everyone's doing TV these days. Got yeah. it. Yeah, well, hey, it's the steady work, especially, uh, you know, given how movies get pushed back and contracts get broken. So, <laughs> um, And then the last p- piece of news is um, two, two of them. Yeah, dumb, you know, the, 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 I guess, yeah, the Netflix <laughs> version of the DC fandom, et cetera. Is, and I'm reading this word for word of how Will wrote this, by the way, et cetera. Is this Saturday? Yeah. Hey, I'm sorry. I was like, I was in a hurry when I typed it. I was like, what? What? One last thing. I, was, I just happened to see it on Twitter, and I was just like, oh yeah, we always talk about the the big studio Comic Con event. So I was like, I'll, let me just throw it on there just for fun. <laughs> this may this 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 may end up on a cutting room floor. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. Um. Where shall we start? Um, let's talk about Titans. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. This further proves my ongoing point about Titans. <laughs> <laughs> the, this show, I, I, I want to get in the writer's room. I want to talk to the showrunner. Why do they keep making these choices of last week's episode? I didn't like. And then it ended on a big game-changing moment for the Titans that are in Gotham. Mm -hmm. So what do they do? They insert a Limbo episode where we're just following Tim, Donna, and Hank in Limbo. Yeah. And we also jump to Paradise Island to hang out with my least favorite character, Raven who actually was not the worst part of this episode, which just proves. <laughs> I actually like this episode, but I, I completely agree with you with, with the, it, it fell back into their worst impulses with, with their season one, where it was just like, you're building up to something and then it jumps back. But yeah. It's just so bipolar. It's yeah. And I get it, but I also, I can't help but be mad at it because there's something about the way the first few episodes this season were written mm-hmm. where it felt consistent and a natural build up to a climactic moment and and made me like really pay attention to what was going on that they still have yet to find that rhythm again because they're too busy trying to tell all of these different stories and they they keep trying I think that's an effort not to become procedural. Mm -hmm. And so they insert these episodes that are about something kind of adjacent to the main story, but it's not, they're not doing it in a way where it's a good break for the viewers. It's more of a, a weird of like, okay, so even though this, climactic moment is pause we're gonna hang out with these guys for a little bit because you know we kind of have to yeah yeah. (laughs) we have to explain what's going on here um and i just i just and you know like this shouldn't be a surprise another thing that bothers me about this episode is the stakes that it just ruins 
Um, I, I, I've never been on board with Donna coming back. Mm. Uh, for a moment, for a brief moment, I was like, oh, shit. They're not going to bring back Hank, too. Well, I knew they... I, I, I felt that, just as a practical matter, Hank was done because... You know, the actor who plays Hank, Alan Richman, is like Jack Reacher now. So he can't do both. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so from a practical matter, I knew, you know, that was that was not going to happen. And I think, yeah. you know, but also I think just the way the story was going, what I did, what I was wondering as the episode was developing, especially when they were in Themyscira and um, the, the, the lead elder was talking about balance and and, and having Ra- and having Rachel Raven rebuild the the the, stat, the artwork in the in the little chamber there. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was wondering if it was one of those going to be that was going to be the, the whenever whenever they talked about the upside down tree and all the points of getting back from the afterlife or back out or out of limbo back to Earth. I was wondering if that was like going to be the bridge and then, you know, it was going right. to basically come down to a s- scenario where Hank and Donna were going to basically s- stay back. And especially when they were fighting on the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the way the story was going to unfold was they will do this heroic sacrifice. And, 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 and then Tim would then be the one that would be able to come back. And, and that's how I thought the story was going to unfold, but uh, but of course it didn't. And and Donna basically and him both come back, and you know, and then Donna saves Bruce, which um, makes no sense. Yeah, <laughs> which, yeah. Am I the only one who also forgot about that two two minute scene at the very beginning of the episode? And then when we returned to it, it was like, oh, wait, why are we suddenly watching Bruce Wayne commit suicide? And yeah. then Donna comes in and you're just like, W-E-F. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, whenever, because when I, I was wondering, I was like, okay, I, 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 re- I, reckon, I recognize that Bruce is going to commit suicide early on when he was talking to his lawyer and, and every thoughts has affairs are in order and that kind of stuff. I was like, huh? So, he, you know, he, he's changing his will and I was trying to see, you know, and, and, and when they, you know, shot to it and, you know, as it was indeed his last will and Testament, which confirmed my, my thoughts. I was like, Hmm. So, you know, I had a couple of thoughts there. One, I was like, one was, okay, Bruce is going to kill him, try to kill himself Two, I was like, well, maybe with all the stuff that's going down and him feeling completely whatever guilty or, or, or trying to make or trying to atone for messing up Jason and, and Dick and, and then had all these other kids in, in the database that he was looking at perspective Robbins. He was trying, you know, he was going to change his estate to, take care of those folks or, or maybe divest Dick of, of the, of his, of his, of his estate because he's just pissed off at him because of the, their falling out or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but I think, I think it, the way that it ended with him, indeed trying to commit suicide and then, and it's 
but and having Donna of all people come back to to rescue him, you know, I guess it it it, it will give Bruce that second chance to be like, okay, I messed up the last time, but this time I'm going to do right by these folks and, and come back because you know the version of of the uh, Bruce that we've had in Titans is a very broken, old, just burnt out Bruce Wayne versus what we you know what we've seen in other live action iterations of him so you know so so i think this is sort of you know so there's several redemption arcs going on in this season and and one of those redemption arcs is going to be bruce's Hmm. well the sad thing is i don't really care about a redemption arc arc for bruce wayne because he's not a titan and this show is called titans and should be about redemption arcs of the titans who cares about bruce wayne yeah true yeah, but the I mean, coming and that will be my Bruce Wayne, but whatever. <laughs> I just I see, like, again, if I was actually invested in an arc, in a redemption arc about Bruce Wayne, I would not watch this episode and think to myself, why is Bruce Wayne a part of this? Because we haven't seen him in like seven episodes. Yeah. And yeah. why did Donna come back from the dead, knew he was about to kill himself and save him. Like, logic, I can suspend disbelief left and right as long as I'm invested in the characters. And this show continues to suck all of that investment away and make me overanalyze things. And the fact, Will, you just wrote, like, a better way this should have played out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the actual writers and i'm like you know that that is way too logical right now <laughs> yeah yeah this episode had no logic at all uh it, but yeah. i mean I, i'll give it to them that it was kind of cool how yeah. their interpretation and art direction they took to explain limbo mm-hmm. um and illustrate limbo but they never got around to explaining why donna never made it to her stop Right. Um, there, there's, they, they never really, I mean, they kind of talked about why Hank hasn't. And now there's all that question, like, neither did his friend who died years ago. And you're just like, so, okay. Yeah. But they did have a, yeah, they did have a lot of dialogue. I think with Hank, he did admit, you know, jumping off the train and they, and they talked right, about right. people jumping off the train uh, because and 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 there were some other lines of dialogue as far as the fog and you know because the first Jace you know Tim was not sure who he was um, and Donna referenced that too so I think you know there there were nuggets with of dialogue within the episode that which I did those you know th- that journey that that Tim Hank and Donna went on. Those were the enjoyable bits for me. When they went back to the island, that t- that that was where it kind of took me out of the story some because I felt that the stuff that was going on in Limbo was just, even though logically it made no sense, but I mean, I, but 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 it's Limbo, so it shouldn't make sense. I mean, there's just some things that you just sort of have to like, like you, like you said, you have to suspend disbelief and and just rot it to 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 where it goes, and it was real. 
you know, they use this as a real exploration of a one of the of a of a proper like closeout for Hank's story because mm-hmm. he was you know he was readopted he was he was right. he he was re- reunited with his adoptive you know adoptive brother he you know it it, it reaffirmed Donna and I liked the I liked her the conversation they had in the in the in the bar where they were talking about how she 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 was really I mean it was a very human moment of like you know I didn't go out saving people in a glorious way I just like it was at a carnival <laughs> I mean, and and really got into her mindset as far as like you know with, with, with all these the titans are always kind of like in the shadow of the justice league and others so and 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 and, and it really showed that disdain of that by her like you know that in a freaking carnival of all things but then hank also like re- recognizing and, and and her being a hero by like the first thing she did when those ghouls came in was to jump in between the ghouls and tim to make sure that he didn't get his, his soul taken so so, so the, the, you know so there were elements of the episode that i thought were that that worked well and the, and the one strength that I do think they have done really well this season, which uh, even though pace, pacing wise, they still just can't crack that at all. But they have done a better job of telling individual stories with these characters instead of doing it instead of like the Arrowverse shows where you have so many characters like in an episode where it just nobody, you know, it, it gets frustrating because nobody gets proper space to 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 develop any at this point it's just right i i just you know i can i can understand what they're doing and what their intent is not appreciate how they execute Mm. um i honestly got up and was cooking dinner during that conversation so Mm. all i really remember is donna just saying she doesn't want to go out go back and Mm. um I don't remember any of the conversation about the carnival. <laughs> it was like it never happened. And then I'm just yeah. sitting here like, why doesn't she want to go back? Like, that's just a random thing to say. Um, and there's a reason why she never. Anyway, I could yeah. go on. There's like, I, it's always one step further, like 500 steps back yeah. with the writing. And it's just this episode at the end of the day, going to be forgettable for me. Um, I think in context of this season, it's if if I was binge watching this season, this is an episode I would have probably been like, as soon as they made it to the train at the very beginning, mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to pause it here, skip to the next episode, <laughs> potentially, because I've done that before, like stranger things season two season three there's there they have these one-off episodes which i tend to skip Mm -hmm. um because they don't plan them correctly either it's just that titans does it like every three episodes or something (laughs) four episodes but yeah yeah well this is why this is why we're going to switch to doom patrol (laughs) yeah we are switching to doom patrol um we'll 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 still talk talk what happens with um this but not in a consistent matter moving forward. Yeah, let's let's talk Stargirl because I think yeah. that it's interesting. I had such a repulsion to Titans this week because it's mm. a one-off episode. And you were just talking about how 
um, this Titans like has been able to manage all of these multiple storylines. And, and for me this week, star girl finally stepped back up to that plate and to Mm -hmm. say, Whoa, we do have a large ensemble and we do are going to take care of these characters and not just Courtney and Pat. And we had a Yolanda story. Very surprising. It caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. I was engaged pretty much the entire time. And what I found so genius about this episode is they never answered the question. Like, was this all Eclipso? Was this brainwave? Yeah. Was this all in her head? Like, yeah, the, the, that is an achievement that I've yet to see any of these other shows do where they they don't take that moment at the very end to like just show like a blue reflection in her eyes or something or for you to know because you really don't with how everything mm-hmm. played out you have your suspicions but you're really viewing everything from Courtney's perspective yeah yeah that you know i there there was something you just captured why I really, and when I was texting with you last night, how they hit this, the show has hit a stride. Yeah. The, this is what, this is, that's what you just said is what did it. Mm-hmm. And, and I couldn't put my finger on it, but you just articulated what it is. And that is why I really, really thought that this was probably, if not the best, one of the best, definitely to, to probably one of the best, probably the, other than the, well, I mean, last week's episode was very solid too, but this right. one really was, Probably the best episode to me for me up to this point because of what you just said, and and, and really showing the real and, and why Eclipse really captures why Eclipso is such a dangerous opponent. I right I I think because and I'm just gonna do this comparison because I find fa- I find it so interesting. Last week's episode was was slow and grew up to this big face-off mm-hmm. that turned into Eclipso being unleashed mm-hmm. and them witnessing who this creature that they've heard so much about is and how terrifying he can be. And then he runs away and everything. And and so so it's a climactic moment of you're like, okay, Eclipso's out. So So you don't want that, like next showdown to happen too quickly so so what is the long game here and um this it led to this episode about that that didn't catch me off guard because they've been in the background exploring yolanda and her guilt Mm -hmm. subtly throughout this season yep and she has been struggling with a lot of remorse because she was the only one who killed yep um and 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 I do appreciate the aspect of religion that was yeah. brought in, especially from what we knew about her from season one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just it was it felt very mature. Yes, it did. How they handled it, that conversation between her and the other members. No adults in that room during that conversation, um, which was really smart because. It's, we are watching a very young superhero team mm-hmm. who who 
who are truly struggling with morality of being a hero when, when at the end of the day, sometimes you do have to kill the devil. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what, what does that mean? Um, And, and I think this is foreshadowing that they're going to figure out a way not to kill Eclipso by the end of this. Um, but to trap him in something else. But to go back to your point, too, about, um, I think you were saying before about, like, this is what Eclipso does, and that's, like, this episode, um, on top of Yolanda's whole guilt trip, it um, there was that creepy scene with Mike and the leeches. Yep. Um, yep. And this is an episode I, I just wish would have been aired on, like, Halloween. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good point. It it does have a a Halloween feel to it, and you know, and and to you know, getting to your point about uh, how we how the writers handle these characters, because Yolanda's faith is a a, a very integral part of that character, mm-hmm. and they 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 touched on it multiple times in the season and, 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 and in the series. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I like that they did not shy away from that aspect of, of the character and, and really deal with these questions of morality um, within the show, as far as that, that profound question that all, that all superheroes have to have do, and, and and also the larger con- question of in, in order to save the day, do we do we take a life? Uh, because there's a greater evil in the world. And one of the things I was you know I was watching episodes, she's like, you know, God is not here on Earth with us. And so are we? You know, so does that give us? You know, she's basically trying to, you know, she's feeling guilty and she's trying to you know get the, you know get the priest to uh, to come around to her, to absolve her of 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 committing this this act by you know trying to justify it and 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 I, and I really liked the way that they they you know wrapped her faith and and the the the, the philosophical questions of, as far as you know being a hero and 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 trying to root out evil you know in that it, it was it was very very mature like you said mm-hmm. uh with with the way they handled it and then you know getting to the conversation that Beth and Rick and Yolanda when they had the, the blow up where she you know she like calls them all out you know Rick was talking all like yeah I would have done it you know it's like no, well no you had the opportunity to to take care of Grundy but you didn't right and then you know and it, and you know she talks you know to Beth and and you know Beth and you Courtney know, and Courtney yeah and, and you know and Beth was is still in a lot of ways still very naive even though she's dealing with her own demons and you know i you know we still we're, we're getting closer to a full bath episode and it's probably going to come in the next next couple where her you know things are going to come to a head with her parents well and how, yeah and how this episode ended with um yeah. a creepy child standing outside the window mm-hmm um, and, and which isn't surprising because she has that connection with McNiter, um, right. and yep. Eclipso and McNiter have some history. 
they have history. They have history, and you know, and I and and one of the thing, other things I was, uh, you know, and, and learning more about the about Stargirl and, and the characters, and and seeing an interview with the actress who plays uh, Yolanda, mm-hmm. and she and she notes that in the comics, and, and I've seen this in other places as well, uh, Eclipso kills Beth and and Yolanda, mm. and so. Um, so, you know, of course, now with her leaving the team, giving up being a Wildcat, I, you know, that's another open-ended thing. Like, will she come back to being a Wildcat? I can't see them possibly killing two color two characters of color on the show in 2021. <laughs> it's just not going to, probably not going to fly. Or just two kids. Or two kids, yeah. <laughs> and, and two kids. But... I'm wondering, you know, and every live action always adapts the story to fit the narrative of the live action presentation. So I'm wondering if the the death, you know, that we're seeing is not 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 literal deaths of Yolanda and Beth, but, you know, and breaking down the the new JSA and and, you know, her resigning as as Wildcat and, and just being, you know, basically killing the team by breaking them apart well, and, and moving okay. them away. So I wonder if that's going to be the, 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 the quote-unquote death that we'll see in, the, in, in season two. Yeah, I see. This goes back to what I was saying before about they never answered the question because she didn't just leave the Justice League. She left her part-time job out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we never saw her after she walked out. Right. And, and um, there it was it was said that supposedly her mom or dad were making those phone calls to all these places and she and Courtney talked to her. And so I I feel as though the what's going to happen is she's she's basically the um, Eclipso's puppet right now. Yeah. And that that it's going to further and and I. To go back to your point about how he kills both Beth and Yolanda, like I think both of them are going to get turned into puppets, mm. and that's where the fracturing is going to be, be, and and the um, and it's going to test really Rick and Courtney to see yeah. what what they can do to repair, um, because Rick Rick and Beth have been bonding a lot mm-hmm. this season. Yep. And and Courtney and Yolanda are now at odds. So so whatever happens in the next few weeks with Beth is someone gonna put her at odds with Rick probably. So I mean, this show this season has taken a while to get here, but it's definitely gaining momentum and yeah. and I really appreciate that all of the pieces are starting to come together. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. And and I and I like where it's going. Like before last week I was talking about how I didn't like the final se- final scene with the kid and r- just walking down the middle of a street, middle of the night, laughing. Um it was really creepy to see that same kid looking up at the at Beth's window. Yeah. That was creepy. I have yep. no idea why. But it just, it felt like something from a horror movie. Um, it did. It really did. 
Yeah. And, and the last thing I wanted to note is that um, they also brought up and were able to insert um, some brief scenes with Barbara and the yeah. fact that she's still working in Jordan's company and some of the guilt and feelings that she has regarding his death as well. Um, because it's a bit awkward where this guy tried to kill your daughter Mm-hmm. ended up dead by your stepson, killed by your stepson, and you're still working under this idea that he was a great man, so you want to uphold his values in this corporation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, I, I thought that was brilliant. That was, that was. Uh, yeah, I was, I, I, and I, I was like, huh. I, I did have to, I was, had a quizzical look on my face as I was probably watching the, watching the episode because you're right. I, I was like, why is she you know, preserving his legacy and talking about the great things of, you know, of, of him and, and God, what yeah. do you have to do right now? Yeah. It's just like Courtney, Courtney, when are you going to wake up and realize you may not have killed Cameron's dad, but you're the reason why he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 And, yeah, and also just thinking back to the first season and uh, and and really the the good, great universe they built up in, in Blue Valley with this show was you know seeing seeing Brainwave and Brainwave Junior return as mm-hmm. well and 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 you know it in 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 a way that really serviced the story again as far as Yolanda's guilt you know because it's one thing to bring people back and then it just kind of you know it's more of a gimmick thing but this really did service the story and and and. And again, to your point, how much is this in her head? How much is this is Eclipso? And 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 it's really great storytelling that this team is doing. So, uh, yeah, it just feels, it feels kind of out of place being on the CW right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, the last show we have to talk about tonight is What If Thor Was an Only Child? Um I initially was very intrigued and it took about five minutes and um, this episode did not work. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> it worked completely worked. It completely worked for me. I, 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 I you know, I, I, whenever we talked about Louis last night and then just seeing some of the reactions and stuff, it, it, it reminded me, and I mentioned this on an earlier podcast we did. It reminded me of how people, how Star Trek fans react to a lot of the old heads and long-term fans react to Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, you know, because I, you know, watching some of the, re- so I listened to a, was able to listen to a couple of reviews today, podcasts today and stuff, and people were talking about it. And I, it, it you know I was just like okay these Marvel fans are like the the crazy Star Trek fans who get all bit out of shape when you just have a little bit of fun in in there with with the with with the universe and and I also thought about something you had mentioned about what if and and how the show each week takes elements from you know we've had the horror you know we've had the comedy we've had the we had the horror show. We had the the heartfelt, you know, deep thing with deep philosophical uh, points with Doctor Strange. That episode, which still is, I think, is still my probably my favorite one, and the T'Challa one is probably close 
you know, depending on what day you talk to me, it can bounce back and forth. But, mm-hmm. but this episode to me, like, captured really captured the the the, the theme of of what if to, for me, and and you know, I did joke. I was like, yeah, I had some of the Thor Ragnarok just from the humor aspects of it uh elements but they were it just it just really was a what if scenario where you had what if you know thor is the party dude and 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 in this universe it it was like okay i can i can i can go with this just for for one episode i mean i don't think it should be something that should be like followed up in a second season but for a one-off i i dug it and i liked the and there were like things in it too like you know Whenever he, Party Thor was you know, telling um, Captain Marvel to smile, I couldn't help but like think that was just a straight shot at all the like misogynistic jerks who were like, you know, saying Brie Larson didn't smile enough and and Captain Marvel. So I mean, it was just so many like little in, inside things like that that also kind of worked. That I was like, yeah, I like this episode. Yeah. I so I equate this episode to um the first episode. Mm. I do. I really do. I um I feel like what if has started to get into this rhythm of really original storytelling and um changing up the dynamics of how these things come play out. And so when they first said what if Thor was an only child, I'm like, "Oh, okay." Well, what happened to Loki? <laughs> My baby right now. <laughs> Let's make sure Loki's okay. And so initially, as it was going on, I'm just like, okay, so no sign of Loki. And then he shows up, and I'm just, I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like, so, so essentially in this scenario, Thor is pretty much just allowed to be Thor of Ragnarok for the entire, like, his life and everything. Mm. Like, it. I don't know. There was just something about it where I didn't, I wasn't shocked by how things went. I wasn't like, oh, my God, this changes everything. Um, yeah. It just, I, I don't know. It just didn't work. I. This isn't going to, I'm not going to remember this episode. I didn't even, like, when you told me, like, you felt the same um, humor from Thor Ragnarok, I was like, did I fall asleep again? <laughs> I don't remember those jokes. There, there was just something about this episode where I, I immediately checked out mm. and I could never get back into it. Yeah. Um, and well, yeah, it just, it, yeah, I've, I don't know. Well, and I think part of it is too, I think we as MCU fans have gotten like kind of hardwired into thinking and maybe I'm maybe and, and, and you know check me on this if you think I'm off base, but we we've gotten to this mentality or or, or, or thought groupthink that every single one of these these shows or movies have to like link into the greater tapestry that that Kevin Feige has like woven, but sometimes you know it it may not. This just could just be this is just a one-off and it's just a this is let's just have some fun and just ride it for what it is and you know like you said I mean it may work for some people it may not but you know for this MCU fan it, it worked because I you know 
I, I just sort of like after a while, I was like, let me just sit back and just just take just take it in for what it is. And I mean, and 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 I'm glad I did that because once I got past like the knee jerk thing, like, okay, now how is this going to tie to the multiverse? And how is this going to tie to da 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 da? I was able just to fully just enjoy it for what it was. Yeah, I I don't think I was doing that, but okay. yeah, I I. Because you know me, I, I don't I don't tend to go that far down the geek rabbit hole. Yeah. Um. I just I I I don't overthink these episodes. They're one offs. They're yeah. they're cute little stories. But mm-hmm. there was just it was lacking originality for originality yeah. for me. Just if this episode had been placed earlier on in the season, mm-hmm. I would have probably liked it more. Mm-hmm. Um, but coming after some of the, I, I feel like, because you and I had different opinions about the zombie episode. Yeah. I feel like this is your zombie episode where I really liked that and you True. didn't. Yep. And now we're just switched where they're just for whatever reason, that scenario did not click. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, oh, yeah. well, we got two more of these left. Yep. Um. And and that's that'll be that. But on that note, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me and tell me what you thought about our my thoughts on the What If episode and all the others at Will M Polk. This W I L L M P O L K on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at at S J Belmont S J B E L M O N T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Find us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, and on our website www.cenanerdpodcast.com. But most importantly, rate, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night. Geek out. You're welcome. Bye.